Hey, welcome family to my Irreligious Life podcast with your host, Jermaine Thomas, aka The Professor. Deconstructing and deconverting from your faith is a very difficult journey. The process can have psychological and emotional implications. Join us as we have a heartwarming and engaging dialogue around this and so much more. Let's get it, family. Hey, 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 my irreligious life family, listen, this is a special feature of my irreligious life podcast. After this little brief dialogue and conversation with you all, I'm going to take you right into an interview with the brother in Henry and you show. He did an interview with me. I want to give a special shout out to that brother. Listen, this brother is the who's who of entertainment talk show with respect to interviewing faith leaders and secular leaders all on his show. Awesome show. So take the opportunity in the uh, tagline, follow Brother Henry, follow the show, follow the hashtag, check out the Brother Henry and you show. This is a special feature. Thank you, Brother Henry, for having me on. This is uh, also an opportunity for me to update you all to let you all know that we have new shit coming, y'all. New shit coming. But listen, we're going to jump right into this interview with the Brother Henry Show. Thank you guys for family for tracking with me. Check this out. Love you. God bless. Welcome to the Brother Henry and You Show. I am your host, Henry Harris. Such an honor to be here with you today, and I'm so excited to have my dear and precious friend, Jermaine Thomas, on the show with us today. We have a very interesting subject that uh, he's going to be talking about, his story of deconstruction, uh, religiosity, and all that type of stuff. I really believe is going to really help many of you that's trying to deconstruct, that's trying to find a better way of living. Jermaine, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Henry, man. Thanks for inviting me. And it's definitely an honor to be here and to share this space with your band. So thanks a lot. I'll I'll be honest with you. I've been looking forward to this interview and I'm really excited to hear your perspective on it. We hear a lot of people talking about deconstruction, but most people deconstruct only to go back into something which is still the same thing, but calling it something different. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your story. And if you wouldn't mind letting us know a little bit about yourself, and then after that, go ahead and share your story. Yeah, man. Listen, I I was the Christian of Christians. <laughs> I was a street evangelist. I would preach the gospel of Jesus on the city streets of Chicago. I would get on the, the trains and the buses and bring souls to Christ. I was part of a ministry team. I was part of a help start a drug outreach ministry and helped tons and tons of people, man. Had a healing Miracle ministry, as they would yeah. say. <laughs> I was if if there was a picture of a poster of a uh, a charismatic Christian, and you looked in there, you would see my picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I was Seven Mountain Kingdom through and through. Some people reference me as an apostle. Some people would have referenced me as a prophet. And so I I, I was in the thick of it, man. <laughs> Whatever it was to be Christian to do, I, I was there doing it. <laughs> wow. So were you raised in church? 
No, actually, when I when I share my story, often I, I I start with referencing that I was a cultural Christian, meaning that you know by by tradition we were Baptists and we would go to church on Easter and funerals. <laughs> but but I, I I came to Christ, you would say, at an early age. The uh, there was a the Baptist church, white Baptist church, you know, that would pick up all the kids in the neighborhood. And so my mom would just ship us off because I think it was an opportunity for her to have some time to herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, so the the allure was I think about Pinocchio, the scene in Pinocchio when they go to the island and they eat all the candy and turn the donkeys and stuff. So mm-hmm. the lure was games, cookies, and girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so one particular day, the 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 pastor, like I said, they set us up with the cookies and stuff. You know, it was the overplay for the underplay because now we got to come downstairs and hear the message, right? Mm. <laughs> and the message was about God's love and also God's wrath. Yeah. So, you know, as a nine or 10 year old at that time, you know, I didn't want to go to hell. <laughs> yeah. So if it's going to make a decision for Jesus, I'm it because yeah. uh, all the movies I've watched in, in my childhood, <laughs> the Exorcist, uh, all the scary movies. We were, we were scary movie heads. All the pop culture horror movies of the '80s and early '90s. You know, we we were acclimated in that. <laughs> so I ain't want no parts of the devil. And I ain't want no parts of hell. So I made a decision to to put Jesus in my heart at nine years old. Now, before then, I was always an open spiritual person, you would say, very open to nature, very open to spiritual things. But for me, they they called me early and kind of shepherded me into this Christian thing. And so I would get my sister up, probably about yeah, 9, 10. I would get my sister up. <laughs> my mom wasn't going to church. She was a cross. She was a cultural Christian. I'm saved now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I gotta get. I gotta. I gotta get this thing right. So I would get up. I would get my nine year old self up. My sister up. She's seven at the time, and and take us to church. <laughs> and then after church, we'll go home. <laughs> and I didn't like my mom smoking cigarettes. She was a sinner smoking cigarettes. And so I would put. I was gonna help that sinner stop smoking. So I would put cigarette poppers in her cigarettes. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was Christian through and through. <laughs> you know, when you were raised in Christianity and you were, I like to use the word programmed, you know, to believe certain, you know, fundamental messages and things like that. What was the highlight in your life where you kind of hit the brakes and was like, started asking questions and maybe become a little leery of it. When did that moment, can you recall that moment when that happened for you? Yeah, it was, now I had tons of questions, right? And I would get in trouble, I would get in trouble in Bible studies because you just, you know. I can, I can see that now. <laughs> I would get in trouble in Bible study because I had a lot of questions. And so it would be, I would get on people's nerves. So I wouldn't get, clear answers because I was hearing, you know, different streams of thought within Christianity. I was an avid TBN follower. So whatever TBN wanted, I gave. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get them little booklets and trinkets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got a soda God, brother. 
but I would ask questions. I actually got kicked out the Methodist church because I got filled with the Holy Ghost because mm-hmm. I was asking questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was told there was no such thing. So, yeah, I it, I, I always had questions. I, I was always an inquisitive kid. <laughs> and so I was the type of kid, you, you tell me don't go left. I'm going to, you're going to explain to me, but I'm still going to mm-hmm. go left and figure it out for myself. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of stuck with me. I thank God it did. Yeah. But, but yeah, my, but what was the, the, the linchpin for me was, was, was several things. It was the hell. It was questions about hell. It was questions about the end times. Cause you know, there was different, there's different viewpoints of yeah. prophecies. And I remember praying, you know, I was a spiritual warfare. I was the, I was the prayer warrior and intercessor. And so one day I was praying, you know, tearing down the strongholds. Yeah. Strong <laughs> and then a question, a Go question, yeah, <laughs> a question popped in my head. It was like, man, is it more demons <laughs> than humans? Because, you know, how many times we got to pray and lock them up? How many demons yeah. is it really? <laughs> so that was one of the, now I had questions, but I was suppressing, you know, because my, my indoctrination programming would kick in and would repress and suppress, you know, critical thought and critical thinking. Um, but I always had questions and, 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 you know, it just, you, there just wasn't any safe spaces mm-hmm. to ask them, right? Because people would look at you weird or different, you know, and I wanted to be a part of the crowd. So there was an aspect of my own intellect that I suppressed and repressed just for the sake of conformity and, and fitting in. Um, so, but yeah, hell was, was the, 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 the linchpin for me. And then it started the domino effect after that. Have you received any opposition as a result of your evolution? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I... There may be somebody that's watching that has a similar story to yours. And a lot of us get, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, that when I was heavily involved in it, like, they didn't attack me. They didn't fight me. They didn't come against me. As long as you were agreeing with them, with everything, there was no problem. It was only when I tiptoed out of the religious box is when I started getting name-called, insulted. You know, somebody today said that I was, that she said she was sad that I walked away from the faith. All these other things that you know, people say, and I'm to the point now where I don't even try to explain myself to people. I'm like, you know what? If you be- I mean, if you want to believe that, you can. But but a lot of us get opposition mm-hmm. when you go against the popular trend, when you go against what has been commonly known as traditionalism. Like, mm-hmm. what was that like for you? How were you able to process that did you lose friendships i mean like what what happened (laughs) man i've been i've been kicked out of association (laughs) i was disbanded i was a professor of a of an online bible college and i was excommunicated from that (laughs) cut off from my students so yeah it's you know ghosting is the fundamentalist christian way you know, wow. so he, I mean, he said it again. I think that's that was powerful. 
Yeah, ghosting is the fundamentalist Christian way. And when you, you know, say, uh, and when you say ghosting, can you explain to the people what that means? Oh yeah, people just cut you off. Don't give you, you know, any. No I was like, hold on, they blocked me. <laughs> you know, no, yeah, no recourse of conversation. You you're know, my, no. You're my brother it, in Christ. I'm, I'm there with you to the end. Yeah, it's, it's comical, but it's kind of sad too at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, my, my moral center is I give no flux. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that has always been a part of my temperament, you know, to one degree or another. You know, of course it's it's frustrating, you know, to experience those types of things. But, you know, I, I tell people all the time, social services, you know, has been my saving grace. And I've been in social services for over 20 years. And so they gave me tools and resources. And so when these things started to happen, I understood that I understood that, you know, mentally, you know, cognitively, there's a lot of things going on inside that person. And so I never had to internalize those things. You know, every behavior reflects a need. Right. It's something, you know, within themselves. And the reality of it is, is for a person to recognize they, they you know, I was a credible person, ethical person. In those things, I, I fit the mold, you know, the, the, the Christian mold of, you know, whatever that the standard is. I fit I fit that mold. I'm competent, confident, you know, in the things that I say. People listen to me, you know, but all of a sudden now I'm off, you know, something's wrong or whatever. And for for the people to recognize if there's some truth in you, something in them would have to say, you know what, where did I miss it at? Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to to throw off on other people. It's easy to project. It's easy to name call. It's, it, it takes a lot of muscle in the brain muscle, right, into intellect, into reason objectively. And so people rather cut you off, you know, altogether because they don't want to deal with that thing in them because there may be some truth in what you're saying. And I don't want to accept that. It's like the scene in 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 The Matrix, right? Where the one guy, he was with them, and then he was like, you know what? I'd rather go back into the matrix. Make me, you know, <laughs> make me a kingpin, you know, than to deal with reality. Yeah. So he was willing to sacrifice his friendships to go in. And so, you know, the 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 wheelhouse of fundamental Christianity is a endless circle. It's like a hamster wheel, you know, and and you know, there's maybe a joy in it for a hamster to do that. <laughs> You know, maybe there's an addiction to that, but but it's all cognitive, right? There, there's research that affirms that fundamentalism changes the brain. It changes the brain chemistry because you got to think about it. It's rigid. You're you're very rigid. You know, in your world outlook, you sometimes Close, you're closed-minded. Uh, yeah, closed-minded. You're is self-depreciating of the person or your humanhood, right? You know, because I can't see myself. I have to see Jesus and not myself. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a, it, it, like I said, you know, research, that's what research says, that fundamentalism is closely associated, you know, with, you know, a mental illness, <laughs> yeah. you know, hate, hate, hate changes the brain, mm-hmm. you know, it changes the chemistry and the property of the brain. Thank God for neuroplasticity. You know what I mean? We could, you know, change that. But that takes work. You know what I mean? People are, you know, what we've done is we we've dismissed our Nicodemuses 
you know, in our doubting Thomases, and we have not made spaces for them. And we have not made our faith spaces safe for our Nicodemuses and our doubting Thomases. And so if if Jesus is to be of any model, he definitely modeled, you know, what it is to deal with a Nicodemus, mm-hmm. you know, what it is to sit with a doubting Thomas, right? He didn't, he didn't scold him. He didn't, oh, you don't believe? <laughs> you don't yeah. believe <laughs> I'm going to ghost you. I'm out of here. Jesus yeah. disappears back out the door, you know what I mean? Or whatever that was. But, you know, the, 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 the Christian scriptures, you know, gives them a model, you know, of what to do. But again, like I said, it's, and I don't, I don't fault them, right? You know, we all to some degree or another have been indoctrinated, right? We 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 swallowed, you know, the BS, the belief system, mm-hmm. right? And 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 that's culturally, that's through conditioning and things like that. So I understand those things. And so I don't have to internalize it when, you know, when I do face opposition. Actually, sometimes it's a high. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you've been, especially when you've been indoctrinated. I think it's even more harder, Jermaine, when you've been indoctrinated when you were a child and then you reach an age where you want to deconstruct. And there's like layers, you know, of things that you have to work through. And for some people, specifically in the Christian community, it's hard to let go of certain, you know, religious subjects that's been detrimental to humanity. You know, whether that's hell or depravity of man, the fall of what Adam, is that what it's called, the fall of man? Um, you know, just different stuff. Uh, it's hard to let that go. I know for me, it was very difficult. One reason why I didn't want to let it go, I was afraid how it would affect my relationship with people. And I thought to myself, are they friends with me based on where I'm at theologically? I am consistently growing. I'm not I'm not really concrete. If you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's very shallow, ain't it? Yeah, it really is. It's like like you're my friend up till I mean, I no longer subscribe to where you're at in it. Like, but at the same time, I always gave them grace. I had pastors unfriend me, delete me, warn their church. <laughs> I think it's great because it gives me more exposure. Yep. <laughs> Warner <laughs> Church, watch Brother Henry, better watch him. You know, it's like, I'm not this bad dude that they're painting. I'm not sending people to hell. I'm not, you know, all this stuff that they come up with. So as you said, it, it's, it can be frustrating because you really think these are like your ride or die buddies, that they're not going anywhere. But like I said, as soon as you start, you know, exposing as you said, exposing them to truth, they see it. And as you as you already know, once you see the truth, you can't unsee it. Yeah, cognitive dishonesty is 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 a, it's mother a real mother. thing. It's a real it's thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. It it is. And and just to be quite frank, listen, deconstructing deconstructing is emotionally and mentally dysregulated. You know, because you you're going against you know, your your natural instincts is starting to come alive. We, we never used that muscle before. We never used our intuitiveness before. You know, we've suppressed a lot of aspects of our humanness, right? And our humanhood, you know, and so your body is trying to 
come back and resort back to his natural state before the programming. There's a reality, and I just encourage people to look it up, and you may you may associate with that. It's called post-cult syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a reality to that, you know, that what people experience, the highs and lows emotionally, sometimes the overwhelming thoughts that can take you over, you know, you know, what if, you know, what if this is not right? Like, what's next? You know, but it, it's, it's a reality, right? You know, deconstruction, like I said, it's like your body. Um, is is trying to get back to to some sense of of normalcy, right? Because you didn't suppress an aspect of your own intellect, your own awareness, your own intuitiveness, and we sacrifice that at the altar of 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 of, of not just conformity, but what what is the it's a word I want it's a word that I want to use that that we're addicted to certainty. Yeah. You know what I mean? We for religious certainty, you know, we sacrifice aspects of our 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 intellect, you know, the things that's natural, you know, our natural intuitiveness, the capacity to reason, you know, you know, just the critical think. We we suppressed and repressed a lot of that. And we sacrifice that at the altar of certainty. The addiction to religious certainty is real. And so, you know, to to see ourselves outside of this context. You know, what is that for my life? It's like it start it's like starting life all over again. Yeah. And and that can be very scary, right? You know, because we've been used to and accustomed to this reality in our lives. And now I have to f- frame a new way of thinking for my life. You know, I used to just lean on Jesus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It now I got be... to lean on <laughs> I got to lean on me. <laughs> yeah. It could be very damaging. We got about six minutes. I don't want the time to run out. Can you okay. can you tell us about your podcast? I want people to tune in and watch. You have a podcast that's called My Irreligious Life. Can you tell us how people can connect with that? Yeah, I am. My podcast is available on all major platforms: Amazon Music, Apple, all the platforms that that play uh, podcasts. And all you have to do is just type in the search bar, you know, My Irreligious Life, and and we we should come up. You know, other than that, you can always find me on social media and inbox me. I wanted to talk about deconstruction from a social works con- social workers context to bring that into the conversation. We we as social work, we understand systems and how it impacts people. And so I also wanted to bring an urban perspective to speak to black sp- to speak into black spaces, right? And to talk about deconstruction, because deconstruction for us as African-American people also is in conjunction with decolonizing, you know, aspects of our faith. You know, a lot of what we inherited, we inherited from our white slave masters, you know, from the oppressors. And so, you know, I try to bring clarity to the conversations. A lot of people out there talking about deconstruction, and I just wanted to be a part of that space and just bring a unique perspective. Well, Jermaine, thank you so much. I had a fun time having you on the show today. Connect with him. He said you can message him and connect with him on Facebook under Jermaine Thompson. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah, Thomas. Jermaine Thomas. And I really believe that your world would be revolutionized uh, if you are closed-minded or if you're having issues deconstructing and all that. I really believe that what he shared will help you in some, in whatever capacity, wherever you're at. 
because all of us are on different journeys, but yep. some people yep. just don't know how to start. And I believe today you laid a beautiful foundation, you know, as to where to start by sharing your own personal journey and your own personal story. And deconstruction is almost, to me, it's like detoxing. It's like getting yep. rid of all the, you know, the bad stuff, you know, and bringing all yep. the healthy, you know, stuff in. It don't always have to be replaced with something. If it is, I mean, it's up to that person. But yeah. But like I said, when you hear people say, I'm done with religion, and they go from one, <laughs> they go from one to the next. And it's like, you know, everybody's definition of, I guess, deconstruction is, from what I see, is different. But bringing you on to having you, hearing your voice about it brought, definitely brought a, a more clarity to me from a social worker standpoint. Thank you so much, Jermaine, for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Henry. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's a possible. It's a possible. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right, right. Let me let me just let me just say this real quick. I have a saying that says deconstruct and question everything. And the most important thing to uh, take away from this conversation, if anything, is to build a foundation around your autonomy. That's awesome. family, thank you for tuning in to my Irreligious Life podcast with your host, Jermaine Thomas, your go-to podcast for religious commentary and so much more. My Irreligious Life is a subsidiary of Black Bereans Media, and hit us up for sponsorship opportunities, family. God bless.